Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Changing the Game in Consumer Industries, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo in a digital world, to run, grow, connect, and transform, to engage customers and patients across their journey. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Yes, indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you are in the right place because this is where the best run. Let's see what the buzz on the street is today. I have a quote from a website called Infor, I-N-F-O-R.com, and here's the quote. It's more important than ever for wholesale distributors to evolve and adapt. So, of course, the key word in there is wholesale and evolve and adapt are closely following on that. So let's talk. What is keeping wholesale company executives awake at night? Probably a lot of things, but what we're going to talk about today is they're wondering how fast they can address the digital convergence across B2B and B2C, why consumers are becoming very savvy. They are empowered masters of the marketplace. The company is no longer in control. The customers are running it. So, how are the leading wholesale distributors, I'm sorry, distributors meeting this challenge? Well, a lot of things. They're transforming. They're re-engineering. They're finding hidden ROI within their businesses. How? I have a long list. They're using omni-channel engagement. You've heard of that. Smart warehouse technology. I hope you've heard of that. Customer centricity. Well, that's the mantra in every industry. And talent management. These may or may not sound specific to wholesale, except the smart warehouse technology. But we have a lot to talk about. It's time to get some sleep, all of you out there in wholesale distribution land. Let me tell you who my special panelists are. They're going to help us figure this out. First up in a moment, I'll be introducing you to a newcomer to Game Changers. He's Chip Klein-Hexel, a principal at Deloitte Consulting. And let me spell his name if you want to find out more about him. K-L-E-I-N-H-E-K-S-E-L. And a shout out to our good friends at Deloitte, of course, Carla Neal and Amanda Bush and Helen Thomas. Thank you very much for always supporting us. And another newcomer is joining us today, Tim Yates, president and CEO of a company called Data Extreme. I'm going to spell the name of the company. You may be interested. D-A-T-A, Data, with a capital X after that, and then T-R-E-A-M. They're an LLC, and you can find them online. And rounding out the panel is somebody who's been on with me before. He was on this series in March of this year. It's Werner Baumbach, B-A-U-M-B-A-C-H. If you want to look for him, Solution Manager for the Global Wholesale Distribution Industry Business Unit at SAP. I said that as quickly as I could, Werner, without even breathing. So there. So let's go around the table to Chip. And Chip has sent us a wonderful quote, a very unusual quote from Elon (laughs) Musk. Anybody been hiding under a rock? For goodness sake. Elon Musk, his middle name is Reeve, F-R-S. He was born on June 28, 1971. I call that a kid. He's a business magnet, an investor, an engineer. Okay. He's the founder, CEO, and lead designer of SpaceX. He's the co-founder, CEO, and product architect of Tesla. He's the co-founder and CEO of Neuralink, and he was ranked in 2016 21st on Forbes, the most world's most powerful people list. And his net worth this year is just a mere 20.8 billion. He's the 53rd richest person in the world, and he was born when 1971. Let's not go there. Here's the quote Chip has selected, and Chip, you're going to have to help me figure out how this relates to our topic. The quote from Elon Musk: "I do love email." 
Whenever possible, I try to communicate asynchronously. I'm really good at email. Do you think he would have said it that way, Chip? Seriously, welcome. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if he would have said it that way, but, <laughs> but I, I found this to be a pretty simple and, and somewhat comical uh, quote that I found from Elon. And, and the way that it, I, I thought that I could adapt to this topic today is just in the fact that you think about how people are changing in terms of how they communicate. And Elon calls it out perfectly in the fact that he doesn't want to always talk over the phone. He wants to be able to do multiple things at one time. And mm-hmm. that's why he likes to communicate via email. And you think about how that adapts or how that go- coincides with wholesale distribution. Well, wholesale distribution customers are, are starting to behave in that same way. They no longer want to always have just one mechanism for how they interact with, with WD companies. They want to be able to do things multiple at one time. They want to be able to be on the phone while texting with somebody else, while writing an email. And I felt like that was pretty telling in terms of just how the WD industry is going to need to be able to adapt to take, to take that into mind. Absolutely. Very interesting. And Chip, just before I move on to the next panelist and some, another very interesting quote, question. I mentioned omni-channel engagement, which I said a lot of it, even retailers are looking at that, of course. Customer centricity, everybody, everybody has to pay attention to that. The customers are ruling the marketplace. We know that talent management, well, every company has to look at how do they get the best in? How do they retain them? How do they grow them right? But then smart warehouse technology. Is this the part that's going to allow what you call the WD industry to finally sleep at night, or is it the combination? What do you think? I think it's the combination. I think I think if they only focus just on the warehouse itself, they're going to miss so much in terms of what the customer wants. You have to have that customer centricity uh, to be able to get and really understand what the customer needs and how you want to how you want to react and, and respond to them. Um, and then also when you when it comes to omnichannel, they they can't they can't sleep on that. Right in terms of Omni, it can, and it can no longer even just be online only. It has to be the ability to have Omni channel across a mon- number of different dimensions um, to be able to respond to what the customers are going to want now as well as in the future. Thank you very much, Chip. Good overview to our topic, and welcome again, and always a shout-out to your colleagues at Deloitte. We always appreciate. They send us about 25 people a year for Game Changers. I don't know if you know that, but you're following in a long line of Deloitte speakers, so we're very (laughs) happy to meet you. Now, let's go to Tim Yates, and Tim has sent us the first of two quotes from two different panelists who did not get together to plan this, and both quotes are from the world of the Star Trek franchise. So let me tell you, this first one is from Jean-Luc Picard, fictional Starfleet officer in the Star Trek franchise, most often seen as the captain of the starship USS Enterprise, portrayed by actor Patrick Stewart. And this is from a scene, I don't know if you're going to be surprised, Tim, but I found the scene, Star Trek The Next Mm -hmm. Generation TV series. The episode is When the Bow Breaks, 1988. Did you know that that was this was from, Tim? Did you? Oh, absolutely, yes. Oh, you did? Oh, son of a gun. Okay. Captain Jean-Luc Picard says, Data, find a way to defeat that shield. And Lieutenant Commander Data says, That may be impossible, sir. And Captain Jean-Luc Picard, and this is the quote that Tim has selected, says, Things are only impossible until they're not. Tim Yates, welcome to Game Changers. How are you? Thank you. I'm great this morning. Good. Glad to hear it. Talk to me. I think... I think that quote uh, actually sums up a lot of things that are going on in the industry right now. 
in that if you look at the technology we had available to us as, uh, as a business 10 years ago versus what we have today in memory computing, machine learning, new UI technologies, all of them are making things that were completely impossible 10 years ago possible. And uh, I think it ties in nicely to the next quote that's coming up because it really, uh, it really drives uh, the, the point home that change is important in, in all organizations. Thank you very much. Let's go back to the question I just asked Chip a moment ago. What do you think is actually keeping warehouse distribution executives awake at night? Any or all of the above I mentioned? Is it the fact that they need a new business model? Is it the fact that customers are now running the show, if you will? What do you think is the key thing that's giving them a headache or insomnia? I think it's uh, the rate in which they're... uh having to adapt to change. So the, the market technology, everything's moving very quickly. Uh, the consumer uh, needs and demands are changing very quickly. And if you look at it, uh, a lot of the existing technology platforms that are in place uh, are uh, can be and are becoming limiting factors. And that's why I think uh, uh, these older uh, technologies, platforms that are in place are, are keeping them up at night and um, and are the things that they're, they're looking at and needing to uh, uh, improve and adapt um, to uh, uh, adapt to that new rate of change that's uh, norm in the marketplace. Thank you very much, and nice to meet you, Tim. And now let's go around the table a little bit to our other source of another Star Trek franchise quote. I can't believe Tim and Werner Baumbach did not get together and plan this because we very rarely have quotes from the same TV show on the same radio show. Seriously. So this is a quote from Spock, Starship Enterprise, and let me give you a little background in case you really have been under a rock. Spock is a fictional character in the Star Trek media franchise, first portrayed by Leonard Nimoy, recently departed, in the original Star Trek series and in the animated Star Trek series, a two-part episode of Star Trek The Next Generation eight Star Trek feature films, and many Star Trek novels, comics, and video games. Many actors portrayed the various stages of Spock's rapid growth due to the effects of the Genesis planet. Oh, don't we wish we were there. Anyway, um, here is the quote that Werner has selected, and this is from a 1969 episode, Let That Be Your Last Battlefield. Boy, we could have titled this show, Let This Be Your Last Battlefield for Warehouse Distribution Companies, I think. I kind of like that, Werner. Here's the quote. Change is the essential process of all existence. I want to do the the finger uh, salute that Spock always did. How are you, Werner? Welcome back. Thanks. Great being back. Couldn't be better. Thank you. Talk to me about the quote. You didn't get together with Tim Yates before the show and plan this seriously, no? We we absolutely didn't. Uh, and we. Uh, so here's this from the 24th century. Mine's from the 23rd. Um, oh, excuse me. Yeah, I had to smile too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and like Tim said, I think uh, it's uh, um, if you look at it, I think one of the primary basics of uh, um, life or evolution is, is, is the ability or the necessity to be adapting and changing to to your environment. And but on the other hand, I think mankind tends to like stability and tries to achieve and protect it. Um, and it's a very very short step in towards uh, towards uh, stagnation. Um, and so once you stop evolving um, and, and, and being in a stable state for a too long time, 
uh, chances rise tremendously that something catastrophic happens and disrupts uh, your world, uh, whether that's a business uh, um, environment or, you know, if you are a T-Rex and suddenly your environment changes and you can't adapt, you, you become extinct. So um, I, I think it's just vital to be able to adapt to a new world. And uh, I think Tim said it, it's, it's the, the, the pace of change is, is, is increasing. So um, it poses new challenges, but um, uh, um, it's vital to be able to keep up with those. It absolutely is, and I know people tend to not like change, especially in our work life. I know in our family lives, whether it's good or bad, change is is disruptive, it's catastrophic, but the wholesale distribution industry doesn't really have a choice, do they, Werner? It's it's happening. They have to be get with the program. So what do you think is happening? I think the market... Yeah, go ahead. I think the market is just changing around us, so um, if you don't adapt to it, you'll just be out of business. It's like I mean, to take a, an example from retail a couple of years ago, if you were a bookstore that, then and you didn't realize that there was a new trend uh, coming up with Amazon, you were out of business. And I think um, many more trends are coming now together to make life more challenging for, for a traditional wholesale company. So mm-hmm. doing nothing is, 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 I think, in most cases, there's, there's going to be a few exceptions for sure. But in most cases, that's the be- best way to be out of business soon. Thank you very much. Very interesting. And what do you think is the key thing keeping these executives awake at night? Is it their workforce? Is it the customers taking charge? Is it that their factories aren't smart enough? Is it they haven't brought in enough technology that they are not accepting that we are in a digital era that they need to transform? What do you think is the key thing that if you you met a couple of these leaders and you said, okay, guys, you look pretty tired. What's going on? Why aren't you sleeping? What would come to top of mind? Yeah, I think the biggest, so it's a little bit of everything, of course, but I think the biggest change, because we've been optimizing supply chains for, for, for years, uh, and, and HR and talent management is also key and not terribly new, but I think what's been changing is, is, is customer expectations, customer behavior, um, um, demands are different, it's more personalized, it's more specific, uh, um, they, they do have much more choice. Um, so I think that's the big change that, that, that came in over the last, let's say, 10 years maybe, uh, um, that that is a completely new ballgame around the customer uh, centricity expectations, uh, uh, finding ways to keep loyalty, to build loyal customers and, and, and make them happy. I think it's much more challenging than it may have been 10, 20 years ago. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Now it's time to get a little personal up close and with my panelists. And as I explained to Chip and Tim when I met them on a prep call recently, I'm going to ask you two personal questions, actually three. I didn't tell you the truth, but they're not too personal. So Chip, where are you calling from today? What is the drink that powers you, makes you feel smart and engaged and ready to go to work every day or whatever you're doing? And what is your role at Deloitte? What have you been up to? So Chip Hexel, talk to me. Bonnie, I am currently in Bridgewater, New Jersey today, I'm, but I'm from Grand Rapids, Michigan. So I, uh, I, I'm spending my day at a client today, so excited to be here, and I get to go home this evening, which is even, even more exciting. Nice. Um, the, my, the drink, what was the question around the drink? Well, what powers you? What's your favorite drink in the whole world that makes you smile? Oh, my favorite drink in the whole world that makes me smile. I, I am a beer drinker, Bonnie, and I'm from, as, being from Grand Rapids, uh, Michigan, which is known as a, a very, they, they, 
even try to call it Beer City USA. We have a lot of breweries. Uh, my favorite drink is it's called Centennial IPA. It's from Founders Brewing Company, and it is delightful. It's the best. Centennial IPA. I'm looking that up right now. I found it. It's from Founders Brewing Company, right? It's an American IPA-style beer brewed by Founders in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and it has some nice reviews here. It is a benchmark for the Beer Judge Certification Program. Did you know that? I know it's good. That's all I need to know. That's how good it is. It's used in all American-based beer judging. So it is a benchmark. You picked a good one, Chip. Now, Chip, tell me, what's your role at Deloitte? What are you doing that relates to why you're an expert on this topic? So, Bonnie, I do large uh, digital transformation, supply chain transformation programs uh, for retail wholesale distribution clients. So I spend a lot of my time working with wholesale distribution clients, helping them enable, enable first their digital core as well as what are the other things they can be doing, um, leveraging technology to get value out of their business. Thank you very much. Pleasure to meet you. And now let's go around the table just a little bit to Tim Yates. Tim, same questions. Where are you today? What do you love to drink? And what is Data Extreme and your role there? Uh, so this morning I'm uh, in uh, Williamsburg, Virginia, which is uh, my mm. hometown. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I just returned. I've been in Europe for the last two weeks, so it's uh, very good to be home. Um, <clears throat> my favorite drink is also a beer. It's uh, Betty Witt uh, from Billsburg Brewery, which is a new brewery here in Williamsburg. And uh, it's a Belgium style, and it's not something that I would usually pick. Uh, more of a Pilsner kind of guy, and uh, I've fallen in love with this uh, particular beer. And what's the name of it again, Tim? It, Betty Witt. So it's can a Witt s- beer. Can you spell that for me? Betty? How do you spell Betty? B-E-T-T-Y. And That's Witt, what I thought. W-I-T. Interesting. So, okay, uh, I'm tr- trying to look it up and find it. Not not finding it yet. Well, Bill's, Bill's tell me about. Has only been around for about uh, six months, so it's uh, it's pretty new, and uh, it's uh, probably got a little less uh, popularity than the big brewery that uh, we were just talking about. But uh, it's a local brewery, and uh, it this beer is really phenomenal, um, uh, and it's something I wouldn't I use found drink, it. So. I, I found it. Okay, good. Thank you. Yes, the wine, right. Meet Betty Wick. The art. There's an artist. Did you know that? There's an artist named Betty Wick? Yes. Who, who oh, creates yes. there's, labels. There's been the, a lot of conversation. Yeah. The Delecta labels. Very, very interesting. Thank you. Now, tell me, Data Extreme, where did the name come from and what do you do there? Well, so uh, 20 years ago when we started in the SAP space, uh, we were really focused in on integration uh, uh, with the, the SAP product suite. And so when we were looking for a name, uh, we were playing with all kinds of uh, uh, interesting combinations of uh, data and how you would uh, connect it. And so eventually we settled on Data Extreme, which was a play on crossing streams of data. So that's where uh, the name came from, and that's how we uh, got got the name. Um, in terms of what we do today, uh, we've uh, had 20 years in the SAP space uh, and morphing ourselves as, as we've gone along. Um, now we're, we're very focused in the wholesale and retail space, specifically around uh, customer experience. Uh, I spend a lot of my uh, time uh, working with uh, either customers or prospective customers, uh, looking at their call center operations, uh, counter sales, 
uh, and uh, mobile sales teams and uh, looking at ways to enable uh, them better um, with, uh, by, by bringing their SAP data into a more consumable format uh, so that they can equip, uh, effectively service the customer uh, with the right data in a quick and efficient experience. So that's what I do uh, every day. Thank you very much. I like the way the name was formed of the company. And now let's go around to our returning panelist, Werner Bombach at SAP. Werner, where art thou today? What's your favorite drink? And just give me a quick update on what you've been up to in the global wholesale distribution industry business unit. That's a long business card. Go ahead, Werner. Yeah, solution manager is fine. Um, so I'm calling in from Waldorf, Germany. Uh, for those of you who don't know, that's in the southwest of Germany, uh, not too far from Mannheim and Heidelberg, uh, one of the warmest uh, parts of Germany, and uh, we are enjoying a heat wave, so we're crawling towards the 100 degrees, um, mm. and my office doesn't have air conditioning, so um, oh. it's cozy. <laughs> uh, we, we won't ask for any other adjectives. We'll just go with cozy. Thank you very much. No, no details, yeah. Um, <laughs> So it's funny, last time I I, I had a beer because I felt that's uh, what the expectation is to a German. So finally this time the only German I'll call didn't pick a beer. Um, (laughs) But it's too darn hot. So I picked uh, a lemonade from Malta because I know you're looking for new drinks and it's called Skinny. I don't know if you ever had that on the call. I hope you didn't. No, Um, tell me about it. So to me it tastes a little bit, bit like a Campari but it's completely um, alcohol-free, so you feel sophisticated, but you're staying sober. Um, the <laughs> recipe is probably as uh, secret as, as Coca-Cola's, but uh, there's rumors that there's rhubarb and uh, ginseng in there. But like I said, the best comparison I can come up with is uh, Campari. Um, so, so that's my drink for today. Um, can I interject be- before you start? Can I? May I interject for a second? Do you mind? Yep. It's it's Kinney, K-I-N-N-I-E, and it has its own Wikipedia page. Kinney, a Maltese bittersweet carbonated soft drink brewed from bitter oranges and extracts of wormwood, first introduced in 1952 by the brewery Simons Farsons Sisk, C-I-S-K, and Kinney to be produced by Farsons in Attard, Malta. Brown in color, drunk straight or mixed with alcohol. It is a reputation for being Malta's favorite non-alcoholic beverage, sometimes even called the National Soft Drink. And it's a brainchild of the managing director, Anthony Maselli Farugia, and first introduced in 1952 as an alternative to Coca-Cola that was proliferating in post-war Europe. What do you think of that? Did you know all that, Werner? Absolutely, I did. And I can really highly recommend it. I will try to get a hold of that. I work for them. I, well, neither do I. In 1975, it became the soft drink of the year of the French Comité International d'Action Gastronomique et Touristique. I hope I didn't botch that too much. Uh, it is suspected to contain ginseng and rhubarb, but it's a secret recipe. You are good. Never heard it before. Thank you. Now tell me, what are you up to at SAP? Sure. Um, I, I, I do different things, but uh, probably the reason why I'm joining this call is I, I uh, also uh, cover um, future technologies uh, and digital transformation for wholesale companies. Um, I, I uh, look at things like uh, digital assistance, IoT, sensors, uh, automation in the warehouse, things like that. So that's my passion, and uh, I'm lucky enough to be able to discuss that with some customers. 
I'm glad to hear that. We're always interested in people who work at their passion. Thank you very much to the three of you. We're going to take a quick break. We're talking about a very serious topic today. I started the episode title uh, when I was writing this originally as Faster, Faster, and in French that's Vite, Vite, but I took that out so we could get right to the topic. It's Wholesale Distribution, Speed Up Your Digital Transformation, and we're focusing on what they need to do. So if you're in the wholesale distribution industry or you know someone who is or you work from for someone and you're trying to start a company in that area, this is good information. My special guests today are Chip Klein Hexel at Deloitte, Tim Yates at Data Extreme, and Werner Bombach at SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and all I'm drinking is water because they don't let me anywhere near caffeine on radio show days, and Werner understands why, and Tim and Chip are probably figuring it out as we go along. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. I promise we'll be back in 90 seconds. And Chip at Deloitte is going to start us off on the roundtable. So, Aaron, out. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Power your digital transformation. Innovate with new technologies. Integrate them into your business and scale seamlessly as your company grows. Changing the game in consumer industries brings you insights from the movers and shakers who are making this happen. We'll delve into global business challenges and cutting-edge technologies to help you digitally transform for an improved focus on the consumer and the patient. Tune in to the Business Channel to hear today's top consumer industry and technology strategy thought leaders share expert insights on how the digital economy is shaping the future of consumer industries. Changing the Game in Consumer Industries, presented by SAP. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Changing the Game in Consumer Industries, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to changing the game in consumer industries. Yes, indeed. And our focus today, a shout out to SAP's Michelle Schuf, who put together this topic. Great panel, Michelle. Thank you so much. Enjoying speaking to them and learning a lot with them, actually. Topic is wholesale distribution. Speed up your digital transformation. It is a key. I'm going to have our first guest, Chip Klein-Hexel at Deloitte Consulting. Uh, he's going to start us off, and let me read a little bit from the statement we're going to start with. He says, wholesale distribution is at an inflection point, facing multiple disruptive forces, such as new customer demand, new business models, disintermediation, consumerization, and product innovations. That's a long list. Chip, why don't you give us the overview for two minutes, and then we will invite Tim and Werner to chime in. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, so within Deloitte, we, we've been doing a lot of, of thinking around wholesale distribution, and one of the things we were really centered in on are what are the disruptive forces that 
wholesale distributors are facing, right? And, and they're really at this, what we say is this point of inflection where they have to adapt, they have to change, and they, gotta, they have, need to have the technologies to be able to do so because of all these disruptive forces. And you named them, right? They're new customer demand. And it's, you know, if you think about in the food, food distribution industry, you've now got food trucks. How are you going to service those types of customers? You've got things like consumerization, where B2B customers are really expecting to have a B2C experience. And you look at companies like Granger, who have just, you know, done a fantastic job of putting together a B2B site or their, their e-commerce site to address that and make their customers feel like they're really like a consumer. Uh, and then you think about product innovation. You look at what is going on with, you know, 3D printing and mm-hmm. just new products that, cost, that wholesale distributors are, need to get, or whether it's, by sourcing them in or, or printing them out, right? And how can they do so to service their, their customers? And so we, we look at that and face from all those angles, you know, the, the biggest thing when I think about it from a technology standpoint is that WD clients, they've, they've got to have that technology that enables them to do it. And when you look at so many of them, it's amazing to see that many wholesale distribution companies still sit on very discrete, very antiquated systems that prevent them from addressing these disruptive forces today. Tell me, what is disintermediation? I want to know what the meaning of that is in this context, please. Disintermediation, that, the, the, the point of that is, is that customers no longer have to go through wholesale distributors to get products. They're okay. working right, right with the suppliers themselves. And many suppliers now have a B2B site or a, or a B2C site that they can go to. So for that, it's all around how can a wholesale distributor continue to find ways to have value, right? How can they make sure that they're the ones who can continue to be the experts to help their customers get the products they need? Otherwise, customers will just go straight, they'll, they'll cut off the middle mark. Okay, thank you very much, Chip. Great introduction to this part of our roundtable. Tim Yates at Data Extreme. Love to get your thoughts. Agree or disagree with Chip? Well, I, I, I agree. I think, um, you know, the, the, the market and the shift in uh, technology and getting closer to the customer, allowing them to self-serve is, uh, is a very important aspect in the wholesale space. Um, one area in that, it, that you know, I, I spend a lot of time working uh, with wholesale distributors uh, in their call centers, at their counters, and with their mobile sales team. And when, when working with them, the one thing that, that is um, kind of obvious to me or uh, has become obvious to me is that in addition to being, being able to give the customer the ability to get more information, uh, wholesale distributors really di- uh, differentiate themselves in the marketplace from retailers or from even like a direct buy situation by acting uh, like a natural extension to uh, their customer's organization. And I think, um, you know, as we look at the technologies and making things easier for a customer to consume, um, we can't uh, lose focus uh, around the fact that uh, these uh, wholesale distribution organizations are doing a lot more than just selling things. They're acting as an engineering arm extension. They're acting as an expediter. They're acting as uh, basically an extension to their customers' organizations. And so I think while we look at these new technologies and trying to make things easier, faster, and more consumable for our customer, um, we also need to make sure that we pay attention to the fact that uh, 
they're also doing other things, and we need to also uh, focus in on accentuating making uh, the the customer extension piece of what they do uh, more efficient and a, a a better differentiator for them as well. Thank you very much, Tim Werner Bombach. Talk, join us. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I think uh, all great points. I think uh, uh, when you look at it, uh, um, I think there's trends from from different uh, dimensions: economic, social, uh, demographic, technological. That they really come together and enhance each other. So you, you're creating a perfect storm where you have to find strategies to to uh, get to a safe port. Um, I think uh, uh, the, 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 what I would like to underline, and both Chip and Tim uh, um, uh, brought it up, is uh, whatever you do, you have to make sure that you explain and show how you're creating value, or a, a unique uh, proposition. Uh, or, or um, uh, uh, Tim called it, differentiate yourself. Because if you're just another vendor, then you're, you're, you, you might be lost in the, in, the, in, in, in the vast amount of options. And there's more and more uh, uh, players joining the game, both internationally and also from uh, adjoining industries. So you, you, you need to make sure that you keep your strengths or bring your strengths to the game while adapting to the changing rules. But if you give up all your strengths and just change to, you know, just being a, another web store, I think you're, mm-hmm. you, that's also not a, a, a winning strategy. Thank you very much, Werner. Good first around the table. I'm going to look now at Tim Yates at your notes here. A lot of good stuff. Uh, we've talked about some of this already. Difference between wholesalers, wholesalers and retailers becomes more blurred every day. Competition is real from Amazon and Walmart, of course. But let me go to the data part. I think this is interesting. You say we hear optimize all the time. But beware. As the first step is not perfecting your data, there will never be perfect data but rather the starting point should be in making your data actionable. Let's focus on data here. Tim, what's your advice to our wholesale distribution audience around the world, please? Well, I think, uh, you know, if you look at it, um, in, in the business world, there's there's uh, a tremendous focus around uh, making sure we have good data, clean data, um, and... Um, that's obviously a, a critical and key part of uh, running a successful operation and business. Um, but one of the areas that I have consistently seen uh, as, as an issue in the marketplace is being able to consume that data. And so uh, I have all the data I need in the system. I can't get at it. I can't consume it. I can't uh, quickly and efficiently discern it and uh, present it back to my customer. And so to me, um, you know, I've seen uh, customers that we're working with get hyper-focused on making their data perfect, and yet they've lost sight of making their data consumable. And so, um, and if it's not consumable, it's not actionable. And so, uh, from that perspective, I think a, there, there is an important focus that's, that's still maybe not completely recognized in the marketplace that consuming and, and making the data actionable is just as important as having good, solid data to work with. Um, and I think that's going to be, a, again, to use the word uh, differentiator, I think that will help differentiate the sales experience. I was actually uh, making a purchase. It wasn't a wholesaler, but it was a specialty retailer, which is kind of like a blend between the two this weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
the transaction took 20 minutes to review three options. And, you know, being online and connected, I could have reviewed 100 options in that time myself. So mm. uh, I think that consumable, efficient use of data is going to be a critical factor in uh, the digital transformation of wholesalers. Thank you very much. Very interesting. Werner, agree or disagree? Interesting comments from Tim Yates. Go ahead. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I'm thrilled that Tim brought it up because sometimes data or often data is seen as a computer science, too technical, don't talk about a topic. Um, but I, I, I agree. It's a vital uh, base for, for um basically all uh, digitization uh, projects. Um, and, and when you think about it, uh, uh, wholesale companies traditionally, one of their huge strengths is that they, they have a lot of knowledge about products, about markets, about customers, uh, and they can give great advice uh, through their sales force um, um, and, 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 and thus serve their customers in, in an optimal way. Um, so that, that huge strength of previous decades, when you move into an online world, the, the, the challenge becomes how do you make that uh, um, available in this digital world? So how do you bring some expertise into a web shop, make it an intelligent web shop uh, that is able to give at least a little bit of that sort of recommendation? Um, how do you make sure that you can share that knowledge and insight across your whole organization um, and, and make it digestible? Uh, I think Tim called it consumable um, so that people can trigger action from that. So I think... Uh, it's 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 vital to define a model where you can store and and replicate that sort of information across all your different uh, units and 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 be able to make use of uh, all that great information that the wholesaler has. I think that's actually one of the big big strengths that they have, and and they need to capitalize on that. Thank you very much. Let's go around the table all the way around to Chip Klein Hexel at Deloitte Consulting. Chip, join us. What are your thoughts? You know, great topic, and, and I agree with both gentlemen here that data is absolutely key. The, the piece that I didn't hear, and I'm sure these guys have thought about it as well, is, is that data and insights that, that wholesale distributors have not only help benefit them in the way that they operate, but they, they sit at this, this intersection between the customer and the supplier, and they have so much information that the customer would love to have or can leverage uh, in terms of how they then react and sell to the end consumer, right? And what, what's going to be interesting to see is how can wholesale distributors take all this data and information they have because they have loads and loads of it, and, and how can they monetize that? And is there, a, is there a business model that they can take advantage of? And, you know, I've, I've spoke to tons of wholesale distribution clients over the years, and they all have, have brought this up. But it's, the, the key to it is, is, is how do you make it consumable, as both gentlemen said, to then actually do something with it. And I think, you know, with all the different things we have around Internet of Things and connectivity, that we're starting to get information in a way that we can put some context around it and we can use it to leverage and actually monetize it and sell it out to, sell it out to your customers so that they can then leverage it to then take advantage with their consumers. Thank you very much. And uh, I'm going to go right now to make sure we have time. We've got about ooh, nine, ten minutes until we go to our crystal ball predictions round. So rather than going back to you, Tim, I'm just going to pick a topic here in Werner Bombach's list. And Werner, here's what interested me. I've actually started to tweet it here. You say, to achieve next generation business processes, wholesale distribution companies need applications built on emerging technologies. These include machine learning, blockchain, the Internet of Things. 
How do you pick and choose? Do they all go together? Where does the investment go first or across the board? Werner, talk to me about these new technologies. Sure. Um, I, I, so first, I, I think the technologies will support your business strategy. So you have to have a plan first and then look for uh, technologies. I don't. I guess it's possible the other way around, uh, mm-hmm. a technology looking for a problem. But I think it's... <laughs> The chances for, for success are higher if you have an idea and then look at uh, things that, that might drive that. So um, just to, to give one or two examples, I, if, if you consider office supply wholesale companies, I think uh, the, the office supply market is shrinking year over year because we are going more digital. Um, so they have to find new ways. So one idea is that uh, with sensors in, let's say, a printer, um, you, you have, first of all, a, a more um, a, a, a customer loyalty effect because uh, you have a direct relationship to your customer. You get all the consumption data, uh, and yet then you know you printed 10,000 pages, the, the, print, uh, the, the toner is low, you can send promotions that say, well, if you reorder now, we can throw in something special. Uh, you can add uh, additional services to it. So it gives you... In that, that sense, you have uh, the, the sensors or the IoT model, but it gives you the ability to design additional um, offerings and increase customer loyalty. So I think those uh, scenarios where you have an idea, how can I get closer to my customer, and then think about how, how can I use technology to, um, to implement those ideas. Um, maybe in, in, in Picard's words, it wasn't possible 10 years ago because the technology was not there, but... Now it is. Um, so for me, it's technology driving the execution of new ideas. Interesting. Let me ask you a question. You, you mentioned something you said, don't, don't buy the technology or invest in technology first and then go looking for a problem that it can solve. What happens if people do? Is it a waste of time and money or is it, is it that cool, shiny new object? Ooh, we know our competitors are using machine learning. Ooh, we hear that this company is using sensors and IoT is helping to automate the factory lines and making sure everything goes smoothly and all this data is coming back and now they have big data challenges. Is it the ooh and the eyeing at the new tech that might get them in trouble, or is that really all that bad, Werner? Oh, oh no, it won't, won't get them in trouble. I think they will just uh, uh, change the sequence a little bit, and then uh, also go back to designing uh, processes where they can uh, reuse that technology. I just think in business, and especially maybe in, in in wholesale retail environment, it's 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 a little less of that. Oh, I need that shiny little gadget that we uh, do in, in in our personal lives, where you go, I need this camera, even if you really don't. Um, I'm guilty of that, but it, you're, you're much more sensitive in the in, in where you spend your money because it's low margin industry. So you, you'll think about it a little, a little more before you invest. But it, I mean, you'll find use cases for for all of the technologies. Uh, but when you have it, you'll have to design a business case for it as well. Thank you very much. That good old business case keeps us on steady course, doesn't it? Let's go around the table to Chip at Deloitte. Chip, agree or disagree with the interesting comments from Werner? You know, I agree, um, but I I look at it a little bit in an interesting way, right? I feel like five, ten years back, business requirements and the business strategy was was challenging technology. So the business departments in a, in a wholesale distribution company would be telling, would be asking and saying, come on, technology, come on, IT department, why can't you do this? We want to do this, and why can't you do this? It, that has since flipped, right? We're now at a point where the technolo- technology has evolved so much with machine learning, robotics, you name it, and, and all the insights and analytics you can have, that 
the, the technologists need to have a seat at the table when the strategy is being made. So when you're coming up with what are the things we want to go after, what do we want to enable from a business strategy standpoint, it still needs to be led by a business. And I agree with, with Vernon on the standpoint that if you don't do that, then you may just fall into the trap of finding the shiny new toy, but then have five shiny new toys that don't interact and don't integrate to well together. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead, it's by having the technologists at the table when coming up with that business strategy, they can also be challenging that thinking around what it is that you can be doing as a company. Thank you very much. Tim Yates at Data Extreme. Talk to me. What do you think? So uh, I, I totally agree with that statement. I think it goes back to my quote, things are only impossible so they're not. And mm-hmm. um, I think one of the challenges today is it has flip-flop technology is, is uh, advanced so much in terms of what it can do. And uh, when you get into the business ranks who are, are often – uh, you know, very engaged in operations and the day-to-day and the problems that occur every day. When they come up for air and they start looking at that long term and the, the where they need to take the business, um, it's sometimes hard to see how much the technology has moved. And if you don't have that technologist engaged that understands, hey, there are new things out here that change the game in terms of what we can accomplish and how quickly we can accomplish it and how we can build agility into our systems. Um, Without that additional perspective um, within the business of this is how we can evolve because there are technologies that will allow us to do that, um, you're going to to fall back more into things are impossible realm um, because they are from your paradigm. And so I think the technologist has to play a role of, uh, of shifting that business paradigm uh, to show them, hey, um, we can do a lot more with a lot less uh, with these newer technologies, and these are the things that are going to give us uh, new ways to develop new business strategies, new business approaches, and new differentiators within the marketplace. Thank you very much. We have time to sneak in one more topic. We've got about three minutes till our roundtable. Werner, I'm looking at your notes again, and here's something. I don't know if we discussed this, but maybe we can just tap into it for a moment here. You say companies must address E2E end-to-end processes across departments and lines of business to deliver on new customer experiences, products, and services. Are we talking about silos here, Werner? How do you deal with that in wholesale distribution? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it, we briefly mentioned uh, the trend to go to omnichannel concepts mm-hmm. uh, in, yep. in the introduction. So if you have uh, different touch points and customers can engage through different channels and uh, get information and have different conversations, have a complaint here, uh, looked up something there, um, your different teams may not have the full picture. So um, if you're able to create that and make it accessible to, to basically everyone, um, then I think you can increase uh, or, or improve massively on the way you uh, service and support your customers. Uh, it's more, more, it could be more personal. You, you know the full picture. Um, you don't call them, hey, I have this great, great offer if they, they just locked 15 complaints and they're not taken care of. So you avoid running into a trap and you improve your service. So I think that's, that's all about making information visible to every party that that can support a customer, actually across the whole organization, but in this case to the customer. Thank you very much. Anybody want to add anything to that? We've got two minutes left. Tim, anything you want to add or chip? I'll just open it up to the table. 
Yeah, I think uh, the whole concept of silos and, you know, uh, data being consumed and the end across the organization is critical. So, you know, if you're in a sales role, it's not uh, sufficient for you to just be able to understand the sales piece of it. You need to look at where that, that product that you're selling is coming from and how is it being sourced and can you get it to the customer in time. And then on the downstream side of it, can you get it delivered and, and what are the logistics piece of it. And so, you know, in the past, those have been very siloed activities. And uh, I, I think the end-to-end process and visibility into it become more and more critical as we start to, to service this more consumer now type of uh, mentality. Thank you very much. Anybody else? Was That was Tim, correct? Yes, that was Tim. That was Tim. Uh, Chip, anything you want to add there? Because we're just about no, ready I think for these guys. I think these guys hit, it, hit the nail on the head. Good. Then I'm going to let you start us off on the crystal ball predictions round, and we have a little more time than usual. So I'm going to give you each, oh my goodness, 90 seconds. What will you do with it? So let's take a look at the crystal ball. I'm going to let you help me with this one, Chip, since you're first. Do we want to look at 2020? We want to go out to 2025. Where do you think we're going to start to see some changes in terms of the ability of wholesale distribution executives to sleep at night because they're doing everything we talked about right all together? Where will we see that change and then I'll let you give your prediction. What year are we looking oh, at? Let's do 2025. I like um, that. Go ahead. And 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 I think, you know, where I see the change that that absolutely is going to need to take place is really around wholesale distributors being able to be what I'd say omnipresent, right? And it that comes down to the interactions with their customers as well as just supply chain transparency and how how are they going to be able to handle all the wide encounters that they have. And and they're going to have to do that to be able to stay relevant and continue to provide value. So an example I'd say around that is, is, is in terms of interacting with a customer, they need to be able to, to interact with them at all times. Customers are going to want to start being able to send a text of, hey, this is a product I want. Maybe you have a picture of it. And through machine learning, they're going to need to be able to interpret that and send back and say, here's the details of what that is. And do you want to order it? Yes, take an order. They're going to be able to need to do that 24-7. So the days of, I'm not saying a call center is going to go away, but the days of a call center being, you know, a constant focus, that, that, that's going to have to change. Thank you very much. I like that focus. Tim Yates, I can give you a whole 90 seconds. We're getting very generous with our crystal ball predictions round. Go ahead, Tim. What do you see? 2025, are you happy with that year? And what do you predict will change? So uh, I think uh, I'd move my timeline a lot farther forward. I I think in the very, very near future, um, what is going to be the main differentiator between companies that thrive and survive is going to be their whole user experience uh, and how the user engages them. And so to kind of add to the previous comments, you're going to need to interact with your customer at all levels at all times. Mm -hmm. And those companies that are able to uh, quickly now adapt to uh, those changing UI requirements where how you engage your customer are going to be the ones that are in business in 2025 versus those that are not going to be in business. And, and I think that change has got to be happening now. Um, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's here, and, uh, and it, it, it's going to be something that's going to drive the market uh, immediately. 
Thank you. That's uh, telling a lot. And let's go around the table one more time to Werner Baumbach. And Werner, I can give you 90 seconds as well. Go ahead. What do you predict? Wow, that's generous. Um, <laughs> I, I think lots of great points already. I, I, th- I think it's going like, to, like uh, uh, it was brought up already, it's, it's about pre- uh, premium customer service. Um, I want to reemphasize uh, that we need to use the knowledge that we have in the wholesale company to push that to all parts of the enterprise to be able to trigger action from that. Uh, so I think that's going to be vital. Um, they need to stay agile. They need to be able to provide something unique because if they, they get lost in the vast amount of options, uh, they'll just be one player, and, and, and that's that's a difficult position to be in. And then uh, lastly, I want to close with Spock. I started with Spock. So uh, mm-hmm. live long and prosper. <laughs> That's beautiful. I should have expected that. What, one quick thing, Werner, I'll ask you, and, and maybe we have two seconds to go around the table. Yeah, we have time. In terms of the workforce getting into the wholesale distribution industry or field, is are there jobs that are appealing to, I'm not even going to say millennials, they're in their mid-30s already. They, they're on their path, many of them. The, the Gen Zers, the ones afterwards with their media devices glued to their body somewhere, maybe a chip in their head, I don't know. Chip, nothing to do with you. Don't take that personally but uh Werner first then quickly chip and tim is this going to change the outlook or the capabilities of wholesale distribution as younger and younger people come in the workforce Werner, yes or no quick absolutely i think the challenge and it's uh, probably a topic for a whole call but uh it's you have to be visible as an employer i think the job itself is great um, but you have to be a choice for a millennial or a, a, a generations that looking for a job if you don't know about the wholesale company, you will not apply, even though the job itself is thrilling. Ooh, very interesting comment. Quick, uh, Chip, Chip Kleins at Hexel at Deloitte. Quick, yes or no, agree or disagree? Yes, agree. They need a, they need to revamp the technology, though, so that this younger workforce comes in and has, has the tools that they want and the user experience that they want to be able to work on. And Tim Yates, wrap it up for me quick. Third, Ten seconds. Totally agree. The user experience has to change. Uh, millennials don't even know what a computer is anymore. So if it's not mm-hmm. accessible on a mobile device, uh, they don't know how to use it. So uh, I think wholesalers that are more traditional um, are going to need to adapt and move into the newer platforms. Thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. Good round here at the end. Lightning, lightning, lightning round. I want to thank Aaron, our engineer at the Business Channel team. Great week with you, Aaron. We did a lot of live shows this week. I want to do closing. Here we go. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? This is an order. Go out and be a game changer today. Just like Chip Klein Hexel at Deloitte and Carla and Helen and Amanda at Deloitte, just like Tim Yates at Data Extreme. And I think we have a, a Ron Votto. Is that who we have from you, Tim, who's been supporting you yep. getting on the show? Shout out to Ron. Mm-hmm. And, of course, to Werner Baumbach at SAP. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Have a great day. This is the end of our broadcast week. We will see you next Tuesday with more shows. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Changing the Game in Consumer Industries, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.